me a heart attack or something. Well, Norton, how do I look? Divine. I don't know how you're going to do with these borrowed clubs, but in that borrowed outfit, you are divine. Thank you, Norton. Well, did you bring something down we can use for a ball? Oh, yeah. I got this here uh, pin cushion. That's good enough for the thumb. Perfect. Let I me have it. I wish I had a stand to put it on. Let me have it, Tom. Huh? I have. Ow! What's the matter with you? There's pins in it. What'd you expect to find in a pin cushion? Chicken noodles? <laughs> Take the pins out. She loves me. She loves me now. Where you that? stop with that? Come on, Norton. I only got two days to learn how to play golf. Wait a minute. I want to shut the door. Wait till I shut the door. All right, look out. Something <laughs> 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 matter with the club. Look, there's nothing wrong with a club. It's the way you swing at the ball. You just don't swing at it ordinary like. You got to do it scientific like, like it says here in the book. Let me I'm read. Got no time to do it by the book. I only got two days. Go ahead, go ahead. What's it say in a book? <laughs> How are you getting smart? <clears throat> to Emily, whose slice inspired me to write this. Not that! Read the instructions. <clears throat> the golf swing. First, step up. Plant your feet firmly on the ground and address the ball. Wait a minute. What do they mean by address the ball? How should I know? That's what it says here. Well, read a little further. Maybe it explains. Hey, hey. Oh, that's, that's all it says. Address the ball. Wait a minute. I think I know what it means there. Here, give me the club. Step up. Plant your feet firmly. Hello, ball. <laughs> Everybody and welcome to the 201st podcast of the Nightfly with the two Davids, David Joskow and David Katz. Hello, David. Hello, David. <laughs> 201. 201. Yeah, really? put the mic closer to so you can yeah. so it's comfortable for you. Like yeah. you know, put it up and stuff. So is that real? 201. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I just did my 200th last week at the Comedy Cellar, uh, just at the Comics Table and. Uh, just had uh, people come by and say hello. I, you got to do something special. So my well, my hundredth was at Tommy Bahamas. <laughs> Even better. Well, I know all the people there, so it was nice. And it's always good to do like a little remote section, you know. So, but you want to do something special to mark a podcast that really nobody's ever heard. Remotes so. are always fun, and in podcasting, I, I think it should be more remote. There should be, but it's hard to get a lot of this equipment together. But at the cellar, they already have all the equipment ready to go, so it was kind of perfect, except for my beautiful computer where I can play all my clips and songs and stuff, but uh, still, I think an entertaining time, and I think people um, enjoyed the podcast, or 
At least, you know, I hope so. Wish I was there. I wish you were there, too. But you're here tonight, as you are annually. Right? Just definitely talk into because I just want to make sure I... Okay. Yeah, like talk I'm still here. Yeah. Um, anyway, David Katz from the Carney Awards, which this year are airing... Oh, wait. I have it ready. Come on. I you can it. do it. I know you can do it. Don't look it up. Come on. Do it by memory. No, 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 no. I know where it's airing. I wanted to play this. Um, I wanted to play this first. I'll shut up now. Watch out, New York. There's a big new evening of comedy beginning this fall with Fish every weeknight at 6, starting October 9th. Followed by Sanford and Son at 6.30, starting tonight. Topped off at 7 by your old favorite, The Odd Couple. You're gonna see just how good it can be. How good it can be. Right, and if you don't remember that one, you remember this one. Eleven, eleven alive. Yes, the Carney Awards this year to air where the legendary Odd Couple used to air, where we all found it, and why it's become so legendary. Taping this on November 13th, the day Felix Unger was asked to leave his place of residence. On November 13th, <laughs> Felix Unger was asked to remove himself from now, his place of residence. You and I who were having that discussion recently about yeah. the meaning of that date. Yeah. Had you realized what date that was on the calendar back in 1970? Oh, did you you said it was Gary Marshall's birthday? Well, yes, that that's the, Oh, it's something else in 1970? Well, no, I always wondered before I knew it was Gary Marshall's birthday, why did they pick November 13th? Oh, I never thought about it. So, I being one of those types of people went back found a calendar in 1970, I probably borrowed it from Judge Kavanaugh. <laughs> and I looked it up he because the show premiered in 1970. So right. I figured that meant it started in September or October of that year. And on the calendar, November 13th was a Friday. And oh. I'm thinking, of course, Friday the 13th. But then I found out it was just Gary Marshall's birthday. Oh, it didn't premiere on November 13th? I thought maybe that was the premiere date. It was. Oh, it was but the I first thought Odd Couple. it was couple. a Friday the 13th. Oh, you thought he the gag was that himself. it was a Friday the 13th. Yes. But it turns out that the actual pilot aired on November 13th. Which just happened to be his birthday. Oh, wow. That's so funny. That's interesting. I didn't... But boy, that's... um pretty cool like if you were watching the pilot for the first time and you saw on november 13th you you would definitely as a kid be like wow today's november 13th then <laughs> i would be completely hooked except that the first season is no fun because they tried to make it like the movie but that's not the important thing the important thing is that your carney awards that you have championed from day one and now you're on your fourth fourth right we just finished the fourth, our fourth annual annual uh will be airing on november 20th november 24th sorry Close enough, within the margin of error. Wait, oh, the, is that the Friday it's, after? It's the Saturday night of Thanksgiving. Oh, after Thanksgiving. Yes. Oh, sorry. I guess I thought it was... I don't know when I thought it was airing. But it will be on Channel 11. WPI. Now, that's just locally here, but does it air on, like, the we, Tribune? We're going to have a cable run, if you will, or in our case, a digital cable run. We were on Cozy yes, last year. Yes, I remember. Uh, which was an NBC product. Unfortunately, not enough people had ever heard of Cozy. It was very hard to drive an audience. Still there. nobody knows about Cozy. And the channel that we got for this year, probably even less people have. What channel eleven? No, the, oh. the the digital cable run that we'll have after the channel eleven broadcast. Well, what is it? The decades channel. Oh no, I totally know that one. But did I you actually... know did you know Cozy? Well I Right. You're talking to the wrong person, no, no, right? No, no. Or I'm you're talking, talking to the, to the right, right person. person. Yeah. The 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 other people, the normal people, unlike right. us, 
They had never well, heard the it. thing is, you know, I mean, I don't think it's a millennials show. You know, no, like, no, it's not. So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I, I mean, I watch the Decades Channel because it has all the shows I like, and I was watching Cozy because the Bionic Woman was on it, and the Six Million Dollar Man was on it, so I would watch them a lot actually and also i had one of those digital tvs last year that just had like it was because it was like 11.4 or something or 4.2 and um so that's how i knew about cozy but the decades channel i actually have clips they did the johnny carson show oh that's the one that does the carson show i watch that pretty much every night i didn't know they you know what i didn't even notice that was on decades but i have wait a minute just because i just i think i took something off did I, did I not write it That's down? That's the Bill Curtis decades? channel. Uh, I might have just Bill made Curtis? that up about Johnny Carson. Uh, Bill Curtis, the former newsman. Yeah, because Carson's on antenna. Okay. So Bill Curtis, uh, who was a former newsman, he would recognize, sort of like our character actors, you would recognize him uh, from whatever national news that he did, uh, you know, probably in the 70s, 80s, 90s. Uh, he hosts the Decades channel. And it's just retrospective, I guess, what was going on at a certain time, certain year, certain place. Yeah, because I have uh, who who did they do the tribute to? Was it this guy? Was wait, let me just see if this was it. Today, in 1964, actor Robbie Rist was born. Rist is best known for his portrayal of cousin Oliver on The Brady Bunch. Critics claim the show jumped the shark by introducing the new character. It seemed as though Rist was hired on to bring back the charm of a young child actor. All of the Bradys were over the age of 12 by the fifth season. Unfortunately, Cousin Oliver only lasted six episodes before the series was canceled in 1974. This is decades. You know what would have been great if they had killed him off? <laughs> that was, now, that would have lasted another couple of seasons. And they would have had to solve a murder, and I would have watched every episode of that. I remember when he came on. And now, this is my favorite. I remember the Decades channel. I was making fun. Today on Through the Decades, we dedicate the That's day Bill to Curtis. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> and explore the faith that guided his life today on Through the Decades. The only reason I liked that when they were doing the Martin Luther King tribute is because it comes after this... M- and then they go into the Martin Luther King tribute. That's like the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. When meanwhile, that actual music was probably playing when Martin Luther King was, you know, alive and kicking, which is kind of weird. But uh, yeah, so I'm totally familiar with the Decades channels. You see, I, that, I just took that right off the TV, the Robbie Wrist tribute and everything. And um, well, we were looking for an upgrade from Cozy. Obviously, <laughs> we made it with Decades. So that is where it will air. Do you know you don't have a date we yet? We don't have or, the date for the Decades But right now yet. it's airing right here. Is it uh, uh, airing in local LA at all or anything? Or? No, we were not able to secure an affiliate. How'd you get the Channel 11 locally? I mean, that's my favorite. I mean, this is beautiful. It almost made too much perfect sense for it not to, considering the relationship with Art Carney and the Honeymooners. And Honeymooners, of course. But what That's we the learned last thing. year in the in the uh, the cozy run is it aired on a Saturday night at 9 p.m. when Columbo used to air or airs. And I had been warned by my friends in the TV business: don't be disappointed if people don't tune in because people tune into that channel for that program and they were correct so people tuned in to really? cozy looking for colombo on saturday night it wasn't there they did not stick around oh i can't deny i do the exact same thing with me tv on saturday night we they all, have star trek at like 11 o'clock and i somehow am always watching that on saturday night at 11 o'clock no, and we, if it wasn't on i get upset we all do that uh so 
doing the Monday morning quarterback after the show aired and realizing I need to have a better platform, I'm thinking, what's a better platform? If I can get a rating in the biggest market in the country, maybe that'll help us. Channel 11, The Honeymooners. They've been airing The Honeymooners for 60 years. Yep. So let's give it a shot. That's very smart thinking because a lot of people would be afraid to step back and and just start let's start here, you know, because you've already done it for you. So it, it's, that's a, it's a risk. And it's also, you know, like, let's just start with one market. And, and that's, that's tough for some people to do. They're like, no, we got, it's the fourth year. We got to go bigger. This is very smart because you want to build the audience. I'm right? hoping it's very And if it's smart. on the Honeymooners channel, that's why I got really excited when he told me it was on channel 11. I mean, anybody my age is like, you know, that's what that's, I mean, they still air the Honeymooners to this day. I believe it's on Saturday nights. Or it's on Sunday nights. At, no, it's on Saturday nights at 11. Um, Not only 11 o'clock. 11.30 as well, I think. Well, right. They do an hour at 11 o'clock. Right. But they also run it at 9 o'clock. Oh, the, on Saturdays? Yeah. And do you know who told me that? No. Joyce Randolph herself. Shut up. Yep. The, I didn't know they air that also on, on Saturdays at 9 o'clock. Yeah. They started doing that at some point. I met Joyce in March. I didn't know she was still alive. She's 94. Bad. Oh, she okay. I'm not crazy. just turned 94. <laughs> she looks terrific. Really? She's got all of her faculties. So like Stan Lee. Lives here in the city and uh, went up to see her. We had met about 10 years prior or 12 years before that uh, when we were first putting our demo reel together for the Carnies way back when. And she told me that on Saturday night she's home watching the Honeymooners at 9 o'clock. And I'm like, well, it's on 11. Oh, no, no. They, they, they aired at 9 o'clock as well. And I thought that was pretty cool that the last surviving member of the cast, and probably the crew, right, is, right. is watching her show at 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. Well, she, yeah, she has to be really proud because did she even do anything after that? I mean, no, that's the greatest thing that ever happened to somebody who wasn't the greatest of all actresses. You know, like, I mean, it's like you, you got lucky. I mean, and they found that. her doing a commercial. Jackie Gleason, uh, I don't remember the story uh, uh, but it was something to the effect of uh, they needed someone to play uh, Trixie, and Jackie Gleason's like, "Give me that girl on the commercial." Perfect. I don't remember what commercial it was. What a and lucky! That's how so easy it was like was winning the lottery. Yeah, it was like really winning the lottery, and you got to just be this icon for so many years. You probably never thought was the. I mean, it was probably a big deal in the fifties when they were airing, but you know, nobody. Well, I guess Jackie Gleason for a sauce syndication, which made him kind of a gene. Him and Desi Arnaz, Jesus. I mean, it's unbelievable. That, uh, that's why I always wonder what the Honeymooners like. They really only filmed those 37 or 8 Nine. episodes. 39 the original episodes, 39. The original 39, that's what they're called, right? Yep. Um, why didn't they film the rest? Do you know the reason for just money? or? It wasn't that they didn't film the rest. It was just that uh, CBS uh, decided after a year that it wasn't for them. And they did go on to tape other episodes. Uh, there were 75 other episodes yeah, that's why that they had taped, I believe. Because they're all very horrible quality. They're which not I believe as good. was done prior to the 39. Uh, and but they were always on CBS, though, right? I mean, did they move networks or something? Did Well, when Jackie moved the, the cast and crew to Florida, remember they did yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the Honeymooners, was it the Honeymooners trip to Europe? Uh, is that what they did? I yeah, because Jackie moved down to Florida, and, uh, and he, I remember he started he was... doing it down there. Uh, if I remember correctly, and I might not be correct, um, they replaced Joyce with Jane Keene for Trixie. And they replaced... And Sheila McRae. She, she, with Audrey, uh, Audrey Meadows with Sheila McRae, right? Yeah. Right, I remember they replaced the two women, which was odd that they replaced Audrey Meadows, because she was you know, kind of necessary. Oh, because Audrey wasn't going down to Florida. Right, I know, but it was like fun. But our Carney totally went down, right? Because I remember 
he had the variety show he would do on Saturdays, and they would just do a sketch of the honeymooners. Right. Well, that's how it was born. Oh, that's how it was born. Yeah, there's a great book. There's a great book. But I, I by... can't remember that. I mean, well, I was way too. I of mean, of course I not. We weren't. I mean, but we... I seem to remember in the seventies him having a variety show. From Miami Beach. Well, right. He did that. Uh, they still did his sketches, but then they also then did the Honeymooners, uh, I think it was called the Honeymooners Trip to Europe. Huh. The Flaky Wakey Contest. Do you I remember don't, that? No. I only remember, and I, we, maybe we even talked about it last time, or maybe we didn't, is the Christmas episode, which is my favorite, where he comes into the camera and goes, we usually don't step out of our roles with the Nortons. Please join us on stage. Yeah. That's my favorite part. Because <laughs> it's just so he's so scary when it comes out because he's like right in the camera and you know the lighting is because I don't think they were expecting him to come out or something. It's but it's so cool. It was it was very cool. What's cooler than that when they break the fourth wall and you just get to see him? Be it's the only time they ever did it. The only time and a lot of shows don't ever do that. I think Mary Tyler Moore did it on her last show maybe, but that was clearly maybe taken from the honeymooners or something. But it's very exciting that your show is on Channel Eleven. It's a legendary show, and like you said, it has a complete relationship with Art Carney and your Carney Awards. Now, first of all, your website is is just horrible. Absolutely terrible. What is that all about? How is that going to be helpful? Eh? Well, you well, figure people going. our age don't care? Or? No, it, it has nothing to do with <laughs> it that. It has all of last year's recipients on it. Or do you, are you waiting for the TV show or something? Is You know what? This is a two-man operation. Despite my business partner, uh, it's really a two-man operation. Elvis Duran. Elvis Duran. Uh, it is produced by my brother out in L.A., an Emmy Award-winning producer. And it's just the two of us that do this from it's the ground It's not Barry Katz, up. is it? No, Jim Katz. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I have let the ball drop and not paid attention to the website. That is going to change. Uh, today, in fact, I hired a company that is coming in to do all of that for us. Because, frankly, in yeah. order for me to survive, for this show to survive, not only do I need a better website... Frankly, I need a better website for one reason and one reason only, and that is trying to attract sponsors. Of course. Which we have not gotten any over the first four years. Well, who, what commercials do you have? Zero. I mean, like what, it's, Remember, the first two it's years— It's without commercials on Channel year, 11? The first two years, we were not televised. Right. Last year on Cozy, I didn't have a mechanism in place to go sell commercials. So I, I got a small license fee to air the show from Cozy— Oh, and they put on their own commercials. Right. Oh, I see. Okay. And this year, I made a deal with Channel 11, which will net me some financial gain, but they're going out and selling the ad time. But I need a sponsor. This show needs a sponsor. We spend a terrific amount of money on our own, producing it, putting it all together, and we need, uh, we need an advertiser or two to step up and, and help us do it. So as part of that process... I need to update, not update. I basically need to create a real website. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to, you know, I know some girl, she does all the comics websites. She's very talented, but a little lazy. Yeah, we can't do lazy. <laughs> I have to pay. I have to pay. You already have that. You pay so. for what you get for. I'm, go, I'm going to pay for but, uh, what I But need. what she does is very good when she gets to it. Uh, but, uh, but it's yeah, less yeah. about people looking at my website as it is to tune in and to, to of know course. what we're uh, doing. November 24th. I'm sorry. Saturday I had night, the November wrong. 24th, Channel 11. At 8 p.m. And I'm sure we would have gotten to it. There will be a lead-in of a mini Honeymooners Marathon from 6 to 8 p.m. Oh. Four episodes that Art Carney's son Brian and I picked 
that they will air leading up to the Carney Awards. Did you pick them to showcase Art Carney? Yes, we did. Okay, can you tell me the ones? Oh, sure. A- uh, the four that we chose. Can I guess, is one of them the sleepwalking one at all? Yes, it is. Okay. Very good. Lulu? Lulu! <laughs> Lulu is the greatest dog I've ever had. Yes, very um, good. I mean, is one of them the golf one? No. With the, okay. You would think that because no, of his scene. A, but- yeah, his scene, but then... But, because that one still to this day gets me. I laugh out loud. Anytime Alice is behind him and he's doing something, it works still to this day. But uh, yeah, please tell me the other ones. One of them will be when Ralph and Ed get on the train to go to Minneapolis for the raccoon convention. Huh? Remember when they're in the bunk together and they're tied together with the, hand, uh, the, uh, the handcuffs and they have to go do the train ride together with the handcuffs. They have to sleep in the same bunk. No, that I don't know. Uh, <laughs> What's the matter with me? Boom! <laughs> you know, you don't remember that when they actually end up getting on the wrong train and the wives actually go on the right train, and it is an entire episode of Ralph really. and Ed in a sleeper bunk, and they're 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 tied together by these comic or fake handcuffs oh, that, that Norton just brought, did as a joke, but he right. couldn't figure couldn't out how to unlock them. Okay, so it is a very Norton centric episode. So that one. The costume contest. Oh, okay. Where Norton comes in, right? He bought the costume, and then right. the, that's the one where he makes the robot costume, right? Or, uh, the right, raccoon right, right, okay, right. Yeah, uh, epic. Which they thought he was a pinball machine. <laughs> right. Do you remember uh, the two costumes? Uh, theoretically, the two costumes that Ed did in that episode. That's what I'm trying to think. Um, the one he purchased was uh, a hero to him his entire life. Growing up. Was it William Tell? No. <laughs> like it, it was the man. Robin Hood? No, no oh. it was the man who built the sewers of Paris. <laughs> Francois de Lubioski. And then later on he finds out that he actually condemned the sewers oh. of Paris. <laughs> and what's the other one? Because he switches. Because doesn't. Well, what, what happens is he has to go to work on the night of the costume party. Oh, right. Shows up late. Walks into the costume contest wearing his. Oh, wearing his, his sewer his, outfit. Yes. And does he win? Yes, as the man <laughs> from right. space. Oh, that's right. He wins as the man from space. That's right. I forget all the time. It's funny. It, it still works. Again, it works. When I, I mean, I just saw it probably three or four months ago, and I always forget the, the twist. And uh, it's so funny. As the man from space. So that's the three. three. And the fourth one, uh, I'm going to give you the punchline. You tell me what the episode is. Ed Norton? Oh, my God, of course, the $64,000 question with the Swanee River. Oh, my God. Perfect. So that'll be the episode, (laughs) I believe, leading into the Carney Wars. And, you know, that particular episode, if you think, you know, when you tell young people to watch it, and it's very difficult for younger people to watch it, it, there's a lot of slow spots to it. You know, it's not the way it is now. You know, it's like a play. So it's difficult for some people to watch, I suppose. But if you let people know that this was the first time they did a gag like this, like bought back this gag, you know, a, a callback to the Swanee River, which you could never have seen coming that that's going to be the song, even though it seems like it's the most obvious thing. But back in 1955, you probably did not see it coming. And it must have been all that more brilliant, you know, because it was the first comedy to ever do something like that and now all the sitcoms you know like they so when you see it when you're in the 70s or 80s you're like oh i've seen that before but it's still funny but wow was that a great revelation and so funny and it's like funny because he always had to play this funny river but you didn't see it going anywhere right and what an amazing 
great. <laughs> that's you're right. That's the punchline. Ed Norton. <laughs> Well, I'm impressed just by saying Ed Norton, you, you were able to get it. So we're yeah. very fortunate to have those as a lead-in. Oh, that's Channel great. Channel 11 has been a great partner in that sense. And, and then the, afterwards, the Yule Log will play, you said? All right. No. Well, thanks, <laughs> th- Thanksgiving Saturday night? Probably. Uh, and one of the things about the Honeymooners on Channel 11, to this day, they are still the highest rated programs on Channel 11. Is that right? And that includes the stuff they air on the WB. Wow. Wow. I mean, I watched the W. You're talking about the CW now? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, so the CW. it's higher rated than Riverdale and The Flash? According to my am, sources that's at the station. impressive. And I suppose that's why they continue to this day to do the marath- the New Year's Marathon. And um, wow, that's unbelievable. So if I can't get a rating, if I can't get some people to tune in and stay this, tuned this in. This is the last year of the Carnies. <sighs> Might be. It can't be because it's so brilliant. Now, let's look at the... Um, well, I mean, I have it written down, but you gave me the playbill today. First of all, you got Patton Oswalt to host, which is a big get because I'm friends with Dave Rath, his manager. And he was like, oh, do you know Patton just did the Carnies? And I'm because I mentioned you and he said, oh, I know Dave because then Patton's his client for years. Well, I remember Dave from my years at Buckwald. Oh, is that right? And I didn't realize him? that until you just said it, that Dave Rath was was his manager because I would have reached out. Today, that would have been easier, right? Uh, but the story, if I may, how we got Patton Please. is uh, is just, it's a testament to uh, perseverance and creativity, and and I'll give all that credit to my brother out in L.A. We'd wanted Patton last year as well. Uh, we either couldn't get to him, uh, I don't think we were rejected, I just don't think we ever got to him. We ended up having Tom Bergeron. Yeah. And Who's also an outstanding he was host. A, he was a terrific but host. But a different kind of host. Yes, but at that time, I thought having the host of Dancing with the Stars, an ABC primetime network, gave us instant credibility. Uh, Not that Fred yeah. Willard, the first two years, didn't give us credibility, but Tom Bergeron was a real host. Oh, I agree. But we, we felt that if we can get an actor-ish, comedian guy, uh, that would be a more appropriate Especially host. Especially somebody who's familiar with all this work. I mean, I've known Patton for a long time, and he gets all these, he gets the character actor status, he gets... Uh, the honeymoon, you know, he gets he gets all the stuff. He's a nerd, you know, like all of us that love this kind of stuff. So it's all, and he's really funny and really talented. So, so that's an excellent, that's an outstanding get. So yeah. how we got him is, my brother found out that he would be he being Patton was going to be appearing uh, doing some comedy at some place in L.A. And Jim says, you know what, I'm going to go down there. And I think the show was at seven thirty. He went down there at six o'clock. He was the first one there online waiting to get in. They sat him in one of the first rows up front or table, whatever the setup was, and the show begins. And at some point during the show, Patton starts talking to the audience and saying, hey, as you would know, hey, so uh, what do you do? And, and he gets to my brother, and my brother said to himself, I'm going for it. And he said, well, I'm a producer. And Patton's like, oh, yeah, what do you produce? And Jim says, frankly, I just produce one show. One show only, an award show. And Patton looks at him and goes, yeah, what one award show do you produce? And Jim says, well, it's a show for character actors. It's called the Carney Awards. Patton goes, oh, that's an interesting idea. <laughs> right, he wants to make fun, but he can't help himself. Yeah. He, everybody that you've ever said that to, has the, you hope, has the same reaction like I did. And so Patton then says, oh, we'll name some of the character actors that you're going to be honoring. And so Jim went through the list, and, and the list Patton, is Patton's like, oh, 
Those are good actors. Yeah. He can't. He's, you stop the show single-handedly in a way because he doesn't have any bits because it's good. Right. right. So his next his next thing was, well, who's hosting your <laughs> one and only award show? And Jim says, frankly, we just reached out to your people hoping you would do it. The crowd must have loved the that. The crowd went wild. Oh, I was just going to say, they must have gone crazy. And that's how we got that's it. That's fantastic. That's a great story. That's so cool. Yeah. What a great guy. Right? Well, he's so nice. He's and such I, a sweet guy. I, I did not. I got a chance to say hello uh, when he first showed up. I would like to believe he enjoyed it. The problem with our show and a host is it's not really about the host. Yeah, it's well, no award shows are. They have their opening monologue, and that's and everybody knows that's and how maybe it's because I like Patton so much that I wish that I had seen him more on stage. And if we make it to the fifth year, and if a patent were to come back, then we need to figure out a way to give him more time on stage. I'm not so but, sure. That's not the way it works. I mean, hosting is unfortunately, that's why people like to do it, but they don't like to do it. Like when Jimmy Kimmel or somebody hosts the Oscars, they have their opening monologue, and I think they know at this point that's how it goes, and that's it. And basically they are just there as a person to bring people off and on stage. Yeah. And that's just the way it works because otherwise... It's just too much time. I mean, you do have to concentrate on the people you're awarding, yeah. and it's important. So I think you did it just the right way. I'm sure we did, and maybe it's just because I'm such a fan. I and know. the tie-in to Channel 11, which I thought Channel 11 would love, is Patton does the narration on the Goldbergs. Oh, he does? I didn't know that was him. You, really? You didn't know that? No. Yeah, just like uh, Richard Dreyfuss did it on the Wonder it's Years. It's not just that, but no, that wasn't Richard Dreyfuss. It was uh, the guy from Home Alone. Daniel Stern. Yeah, Daniel Stern. You're right. Uh, Richard Dreyfuss did Stand By Me. Right. Um, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I I was I couldn't remember the guy's name either. Um, uh, Patton. Um, no, I can't remember. Well, so we were very excited to tell Channel 11, hey, oh, that's we've what got another connection to, because they had the Goldbergs every night at 6.30. Um, he was in King of Queens. Yes. Which technically, he was has always said, uh, Kevin James was doing Jackie Gleason. He said he was pretty much doing the Honeymooners, except he played a UPS driver instead of a bus driver. So Patton was involved technically with a guy who worshipped the Honeymooners and was on the Honeymooners show. Which has been... Uh, this is the kind of connections I love doing on my show. Which has been our goal, trying to find people with such a connection. You were talking about, uh, you know, is the golfing episode one of the episodes that we were going to run, uh, which again would have been a great episode to run uh, b b before our show. But it goes back to the second year when we were uh, honoring Steve Buscemi. And I might have told this story last year, uh, but on the stage in year two, we have a hat rack. And on the hat rack is the original hat that Art Carney wore as Ed Norton. And so uh, it was Mark Boone Jr., uh, for all you Sons of Anarchy fans would remember uh, from him. He was the guy who presented to uh, his good friend Steve Buscemi. Buscemi gets up there uh, and, and tells the story uh, about, uh, you know, I think he grew up in, in, on Long Island, Valley Stream, and either went to Brooklyn or grew up in Brooklyn and went to Long Island. He says, you know, when we watched The Honeymooners, it was just like watching a TV show about our neighborhood. But he keeps looking over at the hat. And finally, he says in the middle, excuse me, I just have to do this. He walks over, gets the hat, puts it on, comes back, takes it off and goes, hello, ball. <laughs> yeah, I know. And so we completely understand that yeah. the majority of people that have been a part of this show being honorees, presenters, hosts, it's all about Art Carney. Yeah. It's that connection that they've had with him. One of our honorees, and I don't mean to jump ahead, James Cromwell from this year. 
told a story uh, which, when you go back and look at the role that he did, and it was an Archie Bar, it was a All in the Family. Oh, he told a story about All in the Family. Yes. Uh, one of his first ever roles. Stretch Cunningham. Stretch Cunningham. Yes. I did that without looking, as you could see. Very good. <laughs> and he said that, uh, you know, he it was a character that had never been seen before, and this was the first time the audience was going to see Stretch Cunningham. And he said, I just played it like Art Carney played Ed Norton. Oh, yeah, right. That makes sense, because he does have a lot of that... Hey, Arch! Whatever it was. Oh, yeah. I mean, we show a piece of the video, and as soon as you see it, you see it. I also thought he was in Archie Bunker's place uh, when it... Well, know, that was the second show, so he might have... No, I know, but then I didn't see it, and I remember that. But I do remember when he got other work, people would go, oh, it's Stretch Cunningham. Oh, good for him. You know, like, I, I, I totally remember that, like, when he started getting other work. I think it could have even just been Babe. And I can't believe they put Stretch Cunningham in Babe. But um, he made some very controversial statements. Are you going to air those? I, about Trump. I don't. Uh, well, he didn't say it by He didn't say Trump. By right. Name. He just said there would be blood on the streets. Yes. Fascism is on the rise. But, we, but is. OK, sorry. Go ahead. I can't answer the question fully because I'm not editing it. And we had told Patton up front. Please, you know, we're not the Oscars. We're not the Emmys. We do not want to be a political body here. This is to celebrate the work of these working class actors. Please try and keep your jokes away from politics, which for the most part he did. I think we probably sent that message to the PR people of all of the honorees. But I didn't realize what an activist that James was. I didn't know either. And he waited till, you know, sort of the halfway through his uh, his speech and he did it. And we might edit some of it out uh, just for time wise. But I think what we got out of it is his remarks were picked up by so much of the media. That's what I'm saying. Like, Last night flip in Santa side, Monica yeah. at the Great. Carney Award, James Cromwell said America's that's turning right. into fascism. That's right. So, it was on TMZ and it was all that stuff. And that's why you can't put a price on that kind of publicity. Yes. And I was just thinking to myself when I saw that it happened, I was like, boy, now the Carney Awards are the, are the real deal because now they've had controversy and they've had the political statements that all award shows need, you know, at least once, even though people don't care for it there. Uh, you know how ridiculous to make a statement when you're, you know, talking. I, I'd like to talk about my role in Babe, Pig in the City, and also, you know, what's going to happen to you, people? You know, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous, but great for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you guys remember, and uh, that was the uh, oh, what was the other thing about him? Um, oh, damn it, I can't remember now. I had so many things. I, I mean, I have a lot written down, but I was just like, that's why I was curious if you were going to air it or not, if, uh, you know, if that was the case. But so you won't, my, you don't my, know my yet. My guess but. is we might edit it a little bit because he was up there for quite a bit of time. Yeah. Which is one of the nice things about what we do is we give these folks a chance just to go up there and we there is no, even though we had an orchestra this year, we do not play anybody off the stage. We, yeah, why would you? Because you can always edit. Like, it's not live, so it's kind of best that way, and then you don't have to embarrass people. And why would you? You've asked them to come, you know, and do this thing, and they're, you know, and... But I, Joe Pantoliano, is that how you pronounce his Joe name? Joe Pantoliano. Pantoliano, he did not A.K.A. Come. Joey Pants uh, is easier. But he didn't come? No. Why? Not sure. But he wasn't 
angry about no 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 in fact joe was terrific we went up to his home in connecticut to uh to film the interview i think uh these days he's just not as traveling as oh, much i see yeah that makes and sense. while oh, so he did a video interview oh absolutely oh, oh, that's terrific and okay. what's a bit ironic is that his presenter also couldn't make it that day what? and his presenter a former carney uh honoree steven tobolowski yeah he uh, couldn't make it either. No, he teach he he taught it. He was teaching a class, oh. and he was not able to to do He's it. Talking so, about Ned Ryerson. Ned Ryerson <laughs> taught a class. Bing, first guess. So uh, it was kind of a uh, a video presentation uh, by Stephen to Joey, who did a video presentation uh, accepting. Okay, now let's get down to business. This I could not believe. You open the show with this guy. And he shows them <laughs> pearly white. I'm not going to say who it is yet. Jack Knight. Because I still can't even believe it. Who is this? And he keeps it out of sight. Okay, here, and here's who it is. If the audience closes their eyes and listens to the voice. show that clip. Oh, you did? From Family Guy? I don't know if we'll be able to show it in the actual show oh. for licensing purposes. That's too bad, because they're on Channel 11. <laughs> fabulous clip. I had never seen the clip oh, until you I saw it on the show. <laughs> and the best is the ending. Do you play the ending? Well, during the show, we played the entire segment. Oh, because here's the ending. <laughs> yes, Ralph Mouth, Donnie Moe, Sunday, Monday, Happy Days, opens your show with a musical number. Is he that does. correct? Not only that, but Donnie Most uh, brought along his orchestra. He did, the Donnie Most Orchestra. Who knew he had one? Well, that's the funny thing, because he's actually... Pretty good. This is his album from the 70s. Let's move on. But I won't care. I won't care. Because I won't be there. I won't be there. <laughs> Sounds like he has a lot of help. That's why I think people were confused that he could sing. Well, he actually told uh, the story uh, when we had him uh, here in, oh, maybe it was September. Uh, I brought him over to uh, Good Day New York, and uh, Rosanna uh, put Scott him on. And he, he basically was a music guy and singer before he was ever an actor. Well, that's because the problem is they would only let this guy do these ridiculous songs. <laughs> and he was there. <laughs> oh, he was? He was in the audience. Potsy? Yep. Do you remember this song, I, everybody, from Happy Days? Where the process begins, where the CO2 blood enters the heart. Do you remember this one? I don't. Is this on the show? Yeah. The, heart, the, the later years. Pumps your blood. Do you remember the name that Joni called Potsy when she had the secret crush on him? She wrote him these notes. I remember when she had the crush on him for sure. And she called him a certain name. What was it? 
Dren. What? Dren. Why? What does that mean? Nerd spelled backwards. Oh. <laughs> I don't remember that. Because she got tired of hearing Fonzie and everybody calling yeah. him, you're such a nerd. But it was so funny because I guess because he was he was really handsome. I mean, he was a good looking guy. Any guy he was. Still even my father is. was like, you mean the handsome fellow with the nice voice? He still is. Talk and about, he directs now too, right? Yes. Talk about people who age well. I always put what? John and, Stamos in that category. Oh Rob yeah. Lowe. Yeah, when absolutely. I saw Anson there, I'm like, oh my God, a guy's good looking man. And he's a nice guy. Please tell me. Uh, I just said hello. He was. He seemed very nice. Because if I find out he's a douchebag, it would break my heart. <laughs> like, no douchebags uh, come in contact with the Carney Wards. Excellent. That's what I. And they're not. Hear. They're not allowed to be invited. Good. Although I thought Stephen Weber was one last year. Oh really? Yes. Yeah. You, well, you know what the problem with Stephen Weber is because um, I know him okay. Um, he really thinks he's funny. And he's not that funny. Well, here's my problem: <laughs> is last year, Stephen was going to be the presenter to honoree Richard Kind. Oh, and the show was on Sunday. Why? Like, what? What? what, what uh, that was Richard's choice. Oh, okay, okay. You know, we always ask the honorees first if there's someone you would like to present. Yeah. And he chose Stephen Weber. I was kind of thinking maybe you know he knew a guy named George that might like to present, but anyway, he chose Stephen Weber. And on the Thursday night last year before the show, which aired on a Sunday, or which uh, we taped on a Sunday, Stephen Weber uh, emails us and says, yep, can't make it. So for three months, he had been on board, on board, worked with my brother in the, uh, the, 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 the presentation speech, if you will, and two and a half nights before, he canceled. And you don't know why. I, if you're listening, Stephen, I hated you for that. Worked out to our advantage because we then got Jeff Garland, Jeff Garland right. who stole the show. Yeah, and so when I was talking to Richard and invited Richard back, and he goes, "Of course I'm coming, and I'm bringing Stephen Weber with me." <laughs> I wanted so badly to dislike Stephen Weber, and uh, you know, I sat two people away from him, and you know, I busted on him a little bit, and he became this hard man not to like. Yeah, I, know. I walked I... away going. Boy, I really like Stephen Weber. I, yeah, there's something about him that's, um, well, he's very charming. I mean, he's very charming. Uh, whatever he, I have pictures. I mean, I just saw him two weeks ago and we have pictures together. And um, he's, you know, I think when his when his guard is down, and he's not trying to be funny. He's a very nice guy. Yeah. And I think when he's trying to be funny or if he's in a room for comics or something, I, I think maybe he tries a little too hard, but he is very charming. And yeah, he's hard not to like, but that's a dick move. Did he say why he canceled? Did he have a good reason? If I remember correctly, is uh, I forget what show he was or is doing at that time, but he had a uh, beat where he was a, zombie? Uh, a year ago at this yeah. time. So I, 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 I remember he, he was overseas and he had to uh, be on the set on Monday morning at 6 a.m. and wasn't able to do it. At least that's what it was a recurring role. It well, that's like I Zombie. Wife. It was like a oh. show like The Good Wife, oh, okay. but it wasn't The Good Wife. Because he had a recurring role on this I Zombie show, no, but I know that did not that. film in Australia. It was a real show. Maybe it was The Good Wife. I don't remember. But anyway, so I was inclined to hate him, and I walked away going, I really like that guy. Yeah, he's hard not to like. I agree. But let's go over some of these nominees, and the thing is... Well, now honorees. Honor, what did I say? Nominees. Oh, sorry, sorry, that's sorry. That's okay. That's so easy to do. Um, so the first person i did i had, this is the best part about your show i mean the absolute best part now i know obviously who joe Panaliano is and i Pantaleano. know Pantaleano, so I'll, i'm gonna get it wrong every time and i know now and i know james cromwell and i know now who jessica walter is i actually didn't know 
I started watching uh, Arrested Development. But when you delve deeper, you know, when you're looking on their pages, there's not one person on this list. And we did this last year, and you were always, I'm like, I don't know who that is. And you're like, yes, Yes, you you do. do. Yes, you do. And man, it's one of those things where you are just like, get the fuck out of here. That is no way I didn't know that was that guy. And it's absolutely amazing. So I am... Who should I start with? Let's start which, with this. Again, if I, I may just interrupt Please. you, which is the, the whole point of what we do. And yeah. because we honor so few at a time, uh, you just there are hundreds of these people that everybody knows. They just don't know the name. Yeah. So this guy, Joe Morton, I had no idea who it was. No idea. <clears throat> you know, I looked him up and he and was... And what was um, the first credit you saw that made you realize, oh my God, I know that guy. Dyson from Terminator 2. Yep. Cannot believe that was the guy. Yep, and a great death scene. Yeah, oh, one of the classics of all time, which apparently I think they said he uh, had hurt himself a one. He was like pulling from something where he hurt his own ribs or something like that or whatever. It yes, is, but yes. Then, you know, you go through the... Through the pages, I just have a couple, you know, the Terminator 2, he played Dyson. I mean, anybody who's a science fiction person knows who Dyson is because he causes uh, World War III. Um, and then I didn't, yeah. Oh, yeah, right, right. Right, he's carrying the bomb. He's about yeah, to press the bomb. Yep. Uh, plus, they, uh, you know, he's the one that finds the hand from the first one. So, also, I had no idea he was in, I mean, I just saw all these movies, Justice League and Batman versus Superman. He's, you know, this guy that's in them all. I mean, I don't even know. And, of course... You know, Cla- I mean, this guy's been working since the 70s. He's in What's Happening. <laughs> you know, these are the ones like I marked that I know. And of course, and he his was... first major movie role? Uh, I don't know. Yes, you do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you're cheating. I am cheating. Was it? We'll see. I have Injustice for All listed. Oh, Brother from Another brother Planet. Brother from Another Planet. Right. I couldn't believe it was that guy. He must have been so... Well, he wasn't young, but... It was early 80s, I think. Yeah, it was but... early 80s. Yes. And I totally remember. I mean, I can even remember seeing the posters on the buses. And I'm like, wait, that's that guy? That guy. It's amazing. And that was a very... But he was in Injustice for All. That's what I remember. Because uh, I mean, I don't remember him in it, but you know, that was like one of my favorite movies. And oh, and he was the lieutenant in Speed. Yes. Yeah. I yes. mean, he's like the guy who was like... Listen, Keanu Reeves, we're not going to, we don't have a lot of time, you know, whatever. I mean, it's like he always, he plays a lot of those. He plays the lieutenant. He plays a captain. He play. you know, he's always playing one of those. I think he was doctor. in, uh, was it the executive decision with, oh, with uh, Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell, Steven Seagal, when they have to get onto the airplane. And wasn't he one of yes, the. Yes, he was uh, in that. Sergeant what? Campbell, Cappy Mantha. Yeah, he Cappy. Was he was the guy that hurt his neck. Uh, and uh, and uh, once I got him on the airplane, but he was in that. I remember and most that recently, uh, he had uh, a long run on Scandal as a, yes, as Pope as, as right. her dad or something. I, I never watched the show, but I saw Pope, and I know that's her name. Um, and currently, he is on this show. I think it's CBS. Uh, yes, God, uh, God friended me. me. So I mean, he's a regular in this brand new show. Yes. I mean, the guy does not stop. And obviously, here's the guy. Uh, one of the guys we're talking about should be completely honest, been working since 1970, still completely working and needs to be honored because it's so, I mean, the list of these people, I have like a 60 page list of all your, uh, of all the roles that your five honorees have been in. It's unbelievable. Yeah, well, that's the, you know, the, the wonderful thing. I mean, hell, uh, Jamie Cromwell uh, probably has uh, he actually, more than Jamie all Cromwell than combined. has more than all of them combined. He has his own Wikipedia page for just film credits alone. Yeah. Of film and TV. Where the other ones on their Wikipedia pages, 
they still have all their listings. But Cromwell needed another Wikipedia page. I've never seen that before in my life. Yeah, Joe Morton. Uh, they're all nice people. Joe Morton, nicest guy. And I know for our audience, uh, they can't see it. But I'm showing you a picture of him at the Carney Awards on the red carpet. Yeah. And so today, whatever the day is, uh, a couple of days ago, uh, for God friended me, he's a priest. Yeah. And he works out of a church, duh. But the church happens to be next door to my apartment building on 88th Street in the Upper Oh, they East film side. in New York? Yes. Oh. And I, I think that, you know, the studios are, uh, you know, out in uh, Long Island City. Long Island City. But for his scenes, they shoot at a church. Oh. And so we saw the parking signs up the other day. You can't park here. God friend of me shooting. And and who comes walking by my building is Joe Morton. Oh, my and God. my doorman oh, rushes hilarious. out and says, Hey, Carney Awards. Your doorman said yes. that? And he looks at Joe looks at him and goes, How, how would you, you know? Yeah, how does he know? He's like, <laughs> David Katz lives here. And so he stopped, came, take took pictures. Uh, my wife ran out and saw him later on. Oh, he buzzed you like the doorman buzzed you, see if you were around? Well, no, I, I was at work. Uh, no, but I'm saying he buzzed your apartment, and that's why your wife knew he was there? Well, no, when my wife came back from wherever she was, oh. said, hey, Joe. Well, how long did he on? hang out in your apartment? That's why I'm <laughs> like, it's just, Again, when my wife comes back. The church is right the... next door to our building. Oh. So he went, did his scene, and then was walking back to his trailer parked on First Avenue. And that was just when my wife uh, walked home and, oh, that's so uh, and nice got the scene. Here. Nice man. Very nice and man. Do you think he lives in the city? or I mean, that's oh, I know where he lives. I'm not allowed to tell. No, but I... He lives in New Jersey. Oh, he lives in Jersey. No, I was just saying if it was East Coast or West Coast. Obviously, you're always a nicer person if you live on the East Coast. Interestingly, we had four of our honorees this year East Coast-based. First time we've done that. I like that. Ja- Jamie Cromwell, uh, Joey Pants, uh, uh, Jessica, and Joe. So they must be all nice people because they're not... Out in Hollywood, they don't live there, and that's usually a sign of somebody. Except cool. the character actors who live out there are good, nice people. Are they? Yeah. I'll be the judge of that. Okay. It's just one of our Walter. honorees uh, from two years ago. He just lost his home in the fire. Out in Malibu, Jonathan Banks. I don't know who that is. Yes, you yes, do. You do. <laughs> Breaking Bad, uh, Mike Ehrman Trout. I never watched that show. Oh my God! What's yeah, I'm horrible. You? Yeah, no, Sorry, I don't I, know a lot of movies. I go. No, don't. How do you not watch? <laughs> Breaking Bad. I know, isn't that horrible? People get angry at me on the podcast all the time. They tweet. And I'm say, getting what's angry the matter at you right you? now. It's a great show. I also, I haven't seen a lot of movies that people. I'm like, what's the matter with you? How could you do Jonathan Banks, like Beverly Hills Cop, the original Beverly Hills Cop? Yeah. He was the one that popped Axel Foley's buddy in Detroit. Remember? Cuz, oh, the guy. Oh, yeah. Hey, cuz. Oh, my God. That's Jonathan <laughs> this Banks. is the best show ever. This is my, of course, <laughs> I know who that is. Yes, of course. Yeah, he hey, cuz. He just lost yeah. his home. Oh my God, that is so. Of course, I know that guy just from that movie. Yeah. Oh my God, that is so. Because hey, don't even try it. Oh my God. Oh my God, that's amazing. That is so very good, funny. Victor. Does he sit also? Yeah, right. He uh, this man who wrecked man the buffet. Is there a Harold <laughs> Club this morning? What? He can hear me through those things. Yes. yes. Oh my God, this is the best game. ever. John Ashton <laughs> would have made a great honoree. Oh, yeah, right, 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 right. Uh, oh, right, right, the guy Taggart. who played the Taggart, right, right. Is he still alive? No, yeah, he, yeah, he's still oh, he alive, is? yeah. Oh, well, yeah, save him up. We, we've, been, <laughs> we've been trying to reach Yeah, him. in fact, I just saw him. In fact, I was talking about on this podcast. Um, he is in some kind of wonderful. He plays the dad. Um, and uh, so I noticed that. And I'm like, oh, it's the same guy from because I like doing that too. But this really is a fun game that we play with your award show. As or you, you should. It, it, it's so much fun. Board game coming soon. Jessica Walter was brought up by Mary Lou Henner. Yes. 
What a dynamo. Let me just talk about Marilou for a second. What a dynamo. She looked great. There's no not one person on this planet who's ever said ill will towards her. I've heard she is a delight to be around. I only got a chance to meet her up front uh, before the show began. She seemed delightful. But, man, she looks terrific. Yeah, she was just this years. little whirlwind of energy when she came on stage. Obviously, everybody remembers her from Taxi. But I think in the last uh, decade or so, the, the the thing with her memory. Yes, yes. Of has, course, because she's had, on 60 Minutes. It's yes, fascinating. Yeah. Well, do you remember what date the Carney Awards were? You're like, you know, like, <laughs> yes, because it was raining that day. And it was like I was wearing it. Yeah, it's fascinating. She can recall dates and times and the weather. Yeah. Yeah, that it, like it's a it's there's no use for it, but it's like it's weird. It's one of those. She's almost autistic. I, I guess. wish that I had that ability. I do too. Memory. But she was terrific, and yes, uh, she's probably good at memorizing uh, her lines. She uh, she introduced uh, Jessica. Said she had a girl crush on Jessica Walter, which is way hot. Um, and the funny thing is, so here I am again going through other things Jessica Walter's done besides. Uh, now I recognize I watch The Big Bang Theory all the time, so I recognized her in an episode of that, and I'm like, gosh, she looks familiar, but I have no idea who she is. And then I started watching Arrested Development. She's really terrific on that show. She is. And I'm way behind with a lot of stuff. This is one of those things where you're like, wait, you've never seen Arrested Development, so I'm in season three now. But when I was going down this list, I could not believe that she was in this movie. I know what you're going to play. Yeah. Where? Oh. I don't know where I am. Oh, I messed up. Every radio talent in the world has to watch this movie yeah. before they get There's into no the business. There's no reason in the world why... Well, isn't this cozy? So this is your business lunch? How's business? Friend of yours? Just another trick, honey. That's enough. Is that your idea of a dish? My God, she's a little old for you, isn't she? What is this, be kind to senior citizens week? Get out of here. Get out of here. But do you have to be such a tasteless bastard? Stop it, you son of a bitch! She could get laid in a lumber camp! Stop it, you son of a bitch! You're hurting me! Stop it, you dirty bastard! This is amazing. He's taking her outside because she's been, you know, just, she's uh, lost her mind. But then the scene in the cab where she's like, she changes. She's like, I love you, I love you. She's really good acting. The original fatal attraction. The original fatal attraction. I had no I've seen this movie I mean I saw it again like the, for the first time like recently. Like I mean in the past 10, 15 years. I'd never seen it before. I was blown away by it. Um and then I showed it to my sister. And she was blown away by it. You know, it's like, well, I think you'll like it. It's really interesting. Again, a little slow, you know, especially that that scene where he's just trying to promote jazz, (laughs) like the filler of going to the Newport Jazz Festival, whatever it was. I hated that part. I could cut that out. But yeah, I I had no idea that was Jessica Walter. Frankly, I hadn't known until two years ago when I finally decided to... Who played that woman? And I'm sitting there watching Arrested Development, never thought it was this same woman, obviously 30, 40 years later, but she still looks that good and, and interesting looking. Uh, 71. 71. Directed by Clint Eastwood. Uh, she was nominated for a Golden Globe. And, uh, so it was almost 50 years ago. And I think about that scene where she's, uh, you know, she's obsessed with him and radio DJ, legendary, right, just has a crush and starts innocently enough. Just total fatal attraction. I mean, they're just pretty much fatal attraction remade this movie. And um, I'm surprised Clint Eastwood didn't complain. 
And it's the exact same thing. But that scene is where she turns, and that's where you realize something is wrong. Yeah. And then you see how crazy she Please. I did, I did, I did. Well, you know, it's after their first night together, and then she shows because up with at the his place the next day. Yeah. And that's where you go, ooh. Right, right. Something, right, right. That's and, where and you Clint go. And Eastwood, if you remember the movie, is like, yeah, he's like, what are you doing here? Hey, there's something called a phone. <laughs> You're supposed to use it. Yeah. You know, always. I equate, uh, probably a silly analogy, uh, I again being uh, working with Elvis and having been working around radio people now for the last 25 years I have learned that that movie is a rite of passage for talent that is on the radio, radio right. people say you're going to be a radio make sure you play watch play Misty for me as my brother the producer Jim told me when I was about to do my semester abroad back in the 80s he goes you better go watch this movie called Midnight Express. Oh, shit, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd never heard of it, and I did, and uh, I made it out of uh, Europe without going to jail. You know, the, uh, when I was getting my hair done, I, w- I was talking about going to Turkey, because you can go there for like $3,000. It's like really cheap, and they pay for your hotel and everything. But again, you know, if you've seen Midnight Express, you really don't want to go there. Nope. Ever. Let alone, you know, if you're Jewish, it's probably not a good probably not a classic plan um but the best thing also about jessica walters is all her tv stuff she did all the detective shows that i used to watch as a kid i mean there is on this list Mannix, canon banachek <laughs> barnaby jones the magician which we talk about on the show all the time colombo hawaii 50 mcleod the streets of san francisco wonder woman mcmillan and then to for her credit she was on Murder, She Wrote four times as four different characters, which somebody must have loved her. I've never seen that before where they play different characters. Now, I guess it was back in the day when people didn't have VCRs or D. Well, actually, this is 85, but you didn't have DVRs. You couldn't go back. So maybe people just didn't notice that that's the same woman like they used to do with uh, everybody on the Lucille, the Lucille Ball show or or on honeymoon, or have... she was just that good. I'm I'm embarrassed that I can't actually remember the story that Marilou told about her. Uh, she she appeared on one of those shows and ended up getting a spinoff uh, for one of the characters. Uh, I Is think, that right? I think uh, the story was. I'm sorry, whichever show it was, there was something in the neighborhood of 1,527 guest stars, and Jessica was one of those. And they chose her and her character to spin off. You I, mean out of Mur- oh, you don't know? If it's I, I don't. Re- no, I don't remember. Yeah, it, it doesn't which look like one it, it is. But it's funny that they would. But they will tell that story that. on the show. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking now. Like I wonder who it is. That's so fascinating. Yeah, and um, maybe it was Perry Mason. Is Perry Mason uh, on that that or early on? Right. No, she's unless it was a later episode of... Per- no, it's not Perry Mason. You know, to switch lanes a little bit, however, talking about an actor playing four different characters on one show, uh, it made me think about The Twilight Zone. And can you name the actor... William Shatner. No. Oh. That was twice. Right. Who did it four times? Somebody did it three times. It's... An- no, it's not Edwin. And <laughs> not I'll Edwin. give you the hint. In my opinion, uh, this particular actor was in the best Twilight Zone episode ever. Burgess Meredith. Yes. Sweet. <laughs> I'm so glad I got it. That's exciting, isn't it, for me? Yes, it is. Um, yeah, right. So he was in the one where he breaks his glasses. And then, wait, what are the, wait, the one where he, 
He he was this guy who uh, then uh, had uh, uh, he all of a sudden became a strong guy. Uh, he, oh, well, maybe was, I never saw that one. Uh, Don Rickles is in that. It, it, oh it takes God, place in real? a bar. Yes, and uh, he he all of a sudden became strong. Uh, and what's the other one? And the other one is the episode he did with Fritz Weaver, great character actor, where it was uh, they were banning books. And it was uh, up against the state. You remember Fritz Weaver is on that uh, the big day is looking down and and they sentenced Barrages Meredith, uh, you know, to be killed because he's obsolete. Yes. So he did three episodes. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But he never had a manager, a manager. (laughs) Never had a dinner. Never had a dinner. Never had a dinner. That's uh, red buttons, red buttons at the roasts in the day. Uh, We actually used that line last week. (laughs) Uh, when I was doing the 200, I was with Dan Natterman, and we, we were doing the exact same bit. Ben Hur, who said to his sister, Ben him. The best Let's part Let's switch. Of <laughs> I can't, then I'll be Ben Gay. <laughs> I, um, the best part about her is we uh, did a show together, uh, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated. I was in that as well, so I worked with Jessica Walter. I like to incorporate myself in the thing. You know who she's married to? Another actor. Fellow actor. I just saw him on TV the other night. I watched uh, Norma Ray. I hadn't seen it in a long time. That's the Sally Field one. Yes. I don't know who's in that. Jessica's husband. Yeah. Who is it? <laughs> Ron Liebman. I, I thought I was thought Ron Liebman was married to Linda Lavin. Who I just saw in another show. Ron night. Liebman plays. Uh, he was in uh, oh, the 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 uh, Stallone Rambo stuff, right? Is that him? No, then, no, no. Ron Liebman, and then he was—he doesn't play uh, Jennifer Aniston's father on Friends. I didn't watch enough Friends to know that. Uh, Ron Liebman played the Jewish uh, um, uh, union guy in in Norma Ray. Uh, He's not the uh, sergeant in First Blood. You mean Brian Dennehy, that guy? No, no. I know who you're talking about. I mean, I mean, I know Brian Dennehy, but I thought Ron Liebman was his like. No, it's over, Johnny. It's oh no, that's over. that's Richard Crenna. Oh, you're I'm mixing those two up, which is probably easy to do. It's like mixing up James Coco and Jack Weston. Very good How about that. You'd huh? recognize Ron <laughs> if you saw him. Oh no, I'm pretty sure he is Jennifer Aniston's father on Friends. I'm sure he's not Richard Crenna. Okay, and I think he plays Jennifer Aniston's father on Friends. Anyway, I'm sorry, I digressed. No, no, it's okay. I don't care. Uh, it's beautiful. Um, let's move on to Joe Pantoliano. Pantoliano. I told, I told you. I was now you're doing it on purpose, probably. Uh, right, so Stephen Tabalowski did now. This is it's so. I mean, this is where I first found out about Joe, whatever his name is. Look, Joe, you look like a smart kid. So I'm going to tell you something which I'm sure you'll understand. Now you're having fun now, right? Right, Joe. Time of your life. And as sluggish as you can. Never, ever fuck with another man's livelihood. Now, if you're smart, like I hope you are, you're not going to make me come back here. Exactly. And then, of course, who he plays in that is... This guy, uh, Guido. He's a manager? That's right. Or a pimp. Well, now that's quick, Joe. You always been this quick, or is this something new? I don't believe this. I've got a trig midterm tomorrow, and I'm being chased by Guido, the killer pimp. Curtis Armstrong. Curtis Armstrong, booger, uh, sitting there saying one of the most famous lines, and uh, well, certainly in that movie, but um, in motion picture uh, yes, history. Yes. 
I've got a trig midterm tomorrow. I'm being chased by Guido, Guido the Killer Pimp, played by your. Oh, look that's at Joey you. Pants. That's what is that your like. brother? Yes, that's my brother, the producer, and that's when we interviewed him up at his home in Connecticut. Well, he looks uh, terrific. Yeah, he does. Wow, that's great. Yeah, well, you know, um, uh, on one of the pictures, there's a picture of all of them with you. You look great, and it's exciting to be with everybody there. And it, it's it's really kind of cool. It's you know, a little to, surreal, to, probably, when you're with everybody. All these people we've we've grown up on that you never thought you would meet and right here they are and it's i I think it's very when i see your picture in there it makes me excited for you it's almost more exciting and i'll I'll stand by it excluding our big big home run of a of an actor that showed up at this year's show uh it's more it's it's more exciting to me to meet these guys and get a chance to almost get to know them a little bit i'm 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 honored and privileged that you know i've been able to at least stay in touch with a few of them and they're very kind and gracious i ran into xander berkeley on the subway a couple of weeks ago that was from last year yeah yeah it's like what are you doing on the subway lives in maine now uh but they're 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 just so nice and they're regular people well that's i mean okay clearly you can't have a 40-year career without being a decent per let alone you can find decent actors anywhere but you you have the people have to want to work right, with you right in the working class actor role you have to be a decent person as well i mean you can be plus a prick. you have to and i'm using my own thing because it was interesting when i was on um the sarah silverman program i was a guest star and this is something i never thought about or, or did but you know even though sarah is my friend um you know, I'm there with the cast, and this is the third season, and I'm being bought on as I'm an additional person. They're all bonding and talking about stuff I don't understand. They have a little ritual they do when they order food in the scene, and the and they're all laughing, and I don't know what they're laughing at. You're an outcast when you come in as a character player, and for so you have to be a decent person because you know you can't upstage the lead. And you have to work with these other people, even though you're coming in for a day and you have to get along with people and you have to like be you have to be um, kind of uh, what do you call it? outgoing? Yeah. Amiable. Uh, someone you want to be around. And as I was going to say, if you're the A-lister, you know, you can be a prick because for the right. most part, they need you for a movie. Right. You know, for the working class actor, if, you, if you're an asshole, even if you're a good actor, like, screw you. There are, yeah, if, there are if a lot Joe Pantaleone, <laughs> if we can't get him, we'll get somebody else. If he's going to be a douchebag, then we'll get one of your other honorees. I yes. mean, it's that easy. Yeah. So obviously, they must be kind of a pleasure to be around. And clearly, you're saying you see this guy in the subway, see him on the street. That's just normal shit, and that's awesome, and that's what you want to hear with people that are – they're working. They're, it's not even like they're – they're doing a job. They're actually doing a job. This is their job. And they don't know where their next job is going to yeah, be. Yeah, which is you know trouble. That's what all of us go through. Sure. It just so happens that they happen to do this job. And, and it's not e- – I mean, as much as it is fun when it comes out and you get all the celebrity stuff, it's not easy being on a set for that long. There's just a lot of waiting around, and then you have to – wake up and do it and do it the right way and especially again if you're a guest star because i have guest starred on a couple of things you you don't want to mess up in front of the people that are there all the time you've been asked to for this privilege to do it and you don't want to be like i hope they don't think they made the wrong choice or anything and they have to go through that every day and that's got to be difficult you know unless you're getting like a series or something but somebody like him joe i'm just pointing because it's the pictures on your phone um you know he doesn't do Besides The Sopranos, he doesn't usually do uh, take a series role. episodes. Yeah, he he does one thing at a time. Yeah. Um, so unlike a be... Richard Kind, 
who uh, you know goes seamlessly back and forth between TV and whatever else he does. Yeah. He'll work three days here and then get on a plane and then go two days there. It's he it's, really is the shit. But here also is um, one of my favorite scenes from The Matrix. Do we have a deal, Mr. Reagan? You know, I know this steak doesn't exist. I know that when I put it in my mouth, the Matrix is telling my brain that it is juicy, juicy and delicious. And delicious. <laughs> and by the way, that piece of steak is the most delicious piece of steak After I've ever seen in my life. After nine years... You know what I realize? <sighs> Ignorance is bliss. And then here's the funny line at the end, too. Then we have a deal. I don't want to remember nothing. 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 I say that line every day. You understand? Day. I don't want to be rich. You know, someone important, like an actor. <laughs> and that scene, I think about that scene for the day that I have money or something big where I just go to a steak place and just sit there because he's got the steak, he's got the wine, he's like smelling the book and just totally enjoying it. And then he's got the cigar right there. He's just doing it all at once. And it's just like, this is the best. I'm really enjoying myself today. I'm he's here. really a good storyteller as well. I'm sorry he wasn't there in person, but when we went and did the interview, he told some really great stories. Uh, and 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 one in particular I thought was a, was a fun story uh, for people uh, uh, they, they might want to hear is when he did the fugitive. Oh, I was just going to talk about that oh, because please no, go I, ahead I, I don't know the story. The I was just I had that on my list because he was actually one of my favorite characters in that movie. I love that movie. I've seen it a hundred times, and him and um, Tommy Lee Jones work really well together, and it, and he's really funny in it. Yeah, and for a guy that's technically very scary in the Matrix and in the you know stuff that he does, like he's able to play even though this is a serious movie. He was the comic relief. Yeah, you know? he really was. Why are you yelling at me? Don't, don't yell at me. Yeah. Uh, what was the thing about? Get me one of those chocolate donuts while you're out there. No, that was the other guy. No, I know. That what was, are you doing? Oh, that was uh, the other I'm guy. Thinking. thinking. That's uh, right. Well, Sorry. You're busy thinking. Give me one of those little donuts. Oh, but it, he it. was talking about um, the steel the steel thing hitting his head, right? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, is that you've what heard, you were you, say? Yes, you've heard the story? Yeah. Tell, oh. tell it, though. Uh, you know, at the at the at the end of the fugitive, when uh, Harrison Ford uh, is going after uh, uh, you know his friend, the doctor that set him up, uh, and uh, Tommy Lee Jones and uh, the other FBI guys or the U.S. Marshals are all going through that uh, the hotel laundry, uh, 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 Joey gets hit in the face uh, by uh, the actor's name is Jerome. Crabby. Oh, the guy uh, that plays the villain. The, the yes. guy that um, uh, yeah, Richard. I didn't know you were going to hear yes. that accent or something. Richard, I'm Richard. giving this speech. I, I, I am at a loss for words. <laughs> so uh, that guy uh, takes the uh, big metal two by four, or whatever it is. Yeah, what the hell is that doing there anyway? Yeah, but, yeah. in the laundry room. <laughs> the, whole, the whole hotel's under construction. And he and he and he and he throws it uh, or pushes it towards uh, you know Joey's character, and it hits him in the head, and he goes down. In well, he script. puts it towards um, the Tommy Lee Jones, right? Doesn't he move out of the way or something, or is that, or does he? No, is hitting Joey? I, I think he just okay, aims yeah, at Joey okay. and uh, gets hit in the head, and Joey goes down. Oh, right, he's backwards, and then he turns around, and it comes, it's coming yes. at him. Yeah, and in the script, it calls for him to die. Oh, is that right? Yes, I mean, he oh. just got hit straight on in the head with this big metal 
you know, girder and and he was supposed to die. And he's begging them, please don't let me die. Let me just, you know, be really hurt. And Harrison Ford comes over and says, what are you doing? He's like, I don't want to die. He says, why don't you want to die? He goes, in case there's a sequel, I want to come back. And Ford goes, I ain't coming back. <laughs> and, and, and he says, yeah, it's all right. We can find another $12 million asshole to chase. That's what he said? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, he, but he was that uh, present or prescient to say, hey, please don't kill me in case you do a sequel. And they did a sequel. Well, a horrible sequel, too. But still, whatever the case, he gets a payday and he's a working actor. Yeah. The sequel was five years later, the U.S. Marshals with that horrible... Robert Downey Jr. playing the villain. But he said so glibly. That's all right. We'll find another $12 million. I had uh, heard that I thought the story was that Tommy Lee Jones was supposed to get hit and he didn't want to get hit with it. And Joey's like, I'll do it. That's what I I thought that was the story. Uh, If that happened, we uh, he didn't tell that story. Yeah. Still, there you go. There's a working actor who just is like, hey, if there's a sequel, I want to be in it. Uh, of course, The Matrix. Then, of course, he did Memento, which really kind of turned everything around for him in a way, which made him less of kind of the awards you give and more into the mainstream like some of the actors your honorary you know, well yes and no but you still didn't know his name no and, and the movie yeah. was a long you know uh, well the sopranos uh, helped him a lot well i think that i mean that and the fight alone between him and uh, tony soprano is probably what elevated him yeah to the to greatest a different level. level yeah yeah because when he was in the sopranos was in 2001 and 04 to 2000 right and then he did memento in 2000 so from, yeah, well, from 2000, then he got the, from Memento, he was able to get in The Sopranos. That's when he got noticed, even though with The Matrix and everything, but um, right after both of those things, yeah, he got The Sopranos. So that's... You know, at some point, very soon, even though we have only basically inducted and uh, we, we, we're kind of trying to transition just from the Carney Awards, call it the Character Actor Hall of Fame, but we, with these honorees... I think we're up to 21 actors that we have honored so far in four years. We are awfully close to being able to play Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon with these 21 honorees in almost every TV show and movie. Oh, I agree 100%. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, folks, if you, if you want to see what I'm looking at in my paper hands... Um, just go on their Wikipedia or IMDb page, and you you won't have time to go through one person. It's it's fascinating. So the next person is the most interesting for me personally for so many reasons. Number one, I had no idea who it was, <laughs> so I look it up. His name is M. Emmett Walsh. Uh, you know, some of you who listen to my podcast probably know who it is immediately. I had no idea who it was, and it's one of those things again. I look it up, I see his face, and I'm like, what? It's that guy? It's the guy from this? Fellas! We need you! Get your suit on! The triple Lindy. He's on my uh, substitute roster, but I I don't have it right now. But uh, what I'll do is, uh, first chance I get, I'll uh, I'll bring it to you. What dive is he going to do? The triple Lindy. And here's my favorite part. Where they announced the extra diving board. <laughs> an extra diving board. There will be an additional springboard installed for Melon's <laughs> Dive. The Triple Lindy. Is that hard? 
That's impossible. <laughs> I cannot believe it was this guy. I can't even believe it. And then, you know, and then you go into the more stuff and it's just, I mean, this is unbelievable that he's the triple indie guy. Because it's funny, I can remember his entire lines. Is that your son? Well, he tried out for the team, but it, I mean, it's like I know his entire dialogue. And then he's like, there was a guy in the Atlantic City Pier years ago when I was a boy, did the amazing dive I've ever seen in my life called the triple indie. Oh, that was me. Oh, get out. <laughs> no, really. Can your son do that? Oh, no one can do that. I mean, I know the whole dialogue. I'm doing that face-to-face with you. I don't even, you know, I'm not looking it up or anything. No, I mean, great I know movie. this guy. And it's kind of ironic. I don't know if ironic's the right word, that for all the man's credits that you and, and me would immediately go to the Roddy Dangerfield movie. Well, I'm, I'm going to give you this one before you go into your next clip. Okay. All right, let's see if you can get this. I'm going to give you a sound effect. And let's see, followed by two words. Let's see if you can get the movie moon river now how long have you had these pains (laughs) here's the clip (laughs) two b's one b b a b a r that's two yeah but not right next to each other i thought that's what you meant every man on the planet knows this isn't there a children's book about an elephant named babar I don't know. I don't have any. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have any. No children? Elephant. No, no, elephant. no elephant books. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Why? Say No, it's an odd name. I don't recall having seen it on the club registry. Well, I don't formally belong. Uh, I'm a guest of my aunt's. Your aunt? Right, Mrs. Smith. Joan, Joan and Margaret. Margaret. <laughs> uh-huh, right. Funny old boy. Which one? <laughs> Oh, I bet. Margaret. Funny old bird. Yeah, is she ever. I could tell you some stories. I bet. You know, it's a shame <laughs> about it. Ed. Oh, it was. That was really a shame. Go so suddenly, Go so like, suddenly that. like that. Nah, I've been dying I've been for years. dying for years. Yeah, but sure, but in, you know, in the end was yeah, very, very sudden. He was in intensive care for eight weeks. He was in intensive care for eight weeks. Yeah, but I mean the very end. When he actually died, that was extremely sudden. <laughs> All right. You know, Alan and I were uh, recently speaking of dying. He told me Boyd Aviation took out a large insurance policy on him. Got to be in some kind of perfect shape to get that sort of a policy, I bet. Drop your shorts and bend over, Mr. Babar. Oh, no, really, uh, we, we don't need to. I, uh, we don't want to do that. Just relax. You know, my kidneys feel a lot better in this position. Maybe it's just that I'm not doing any calisthenics. You know, if I did some sit-ups in the morning or bent over like this, I'd probably feel 100% better. Moon River. <laughs> Thank you, Thanks, Doc. Doc. You ever serve time? You ever serve time? <laughs> Breathe easy. Breathe easy. And of course, use the whole fist there. You know, I was surprised that Alan was able to get that uh, policy. I know there's a history of cancer in the family. There is? Yeah. As a matter of fact... Ah, uh, you using the whole fist on? Relax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw him the other day. Movies. He's looking a little peaked. I don't know. I think he's lost weight. Are you sure he's all right? I can't discuss another patient. You know that. Well, I don't find anything wrong with you. Huh. Well, I'm sure it's not for a lack of looking. Every line is brilliant. Yes, and yet these pale in comparison, theoretically, to the hundreds of films. I. Mean, I I think he had a cup 250. I mean, the man's 87 He's years 87. old. 
Uh, yeah, I got three pages of starting from 1969. I mean, you can go to the jerk. Uh, well, again, that's you know I, for our generation, you know the jerk and Fletch and back to school. Then it comes flooding back. Oh my God, it's the guy in the jerk. Like sounds like a typical asshole, Navin Johnson. I can't believe that's the guy. Well, he I, wasn't Navin Johnson. No, but he's shooting at yes, him. Yes, yes. Sounds like a typical asshole. That's what that that, that oh. that's like in the trailer when you were a kid you know like and he's like um jesus i can't believe that's this guy yeah it's amazing but that fledge scene there's not one at least white man our age who doesn't go to the uh, to get the uh, the prostate exam who doesn't think or do, or do those it. exact same lines we do it i mean the doctors do them because it's so uncomfortable they're like okay drop trout and like uh just relax i mean they do the same they do the lines to make us feel better. Yes. That scene is amazing. It's iconic as a comedy for sure. And he is, I can't believe that is this guy that you were honoring this M. Emmett Walsh. And let alone that he was inducted or given his award by Harrison Ford, who showed up when Steven Weber could not. <laughs> Harrison Ford, one of the greatest for me. And the rest, the, the, country, the rest of the country, the, the, the greatest actor. I don't know if he's the greatest actor, but whatever the fuck he is, to, to two iconic, legendary characters of all time, and Han Solo and Indiana Jones, and this guy comes to honor this guy because of the Blade Runner connection. Is that correct? Yes. That's amazing, and that's what you were talking about when you said the A-lister, maybe of all time, A-lister. I talk about him on this podcast all the time as. The guy, let alone his height alone, makes him the manliest <laughs> man in Hollywood because you find out all these other actors that we thought are great are tiny. You know, Tom Cruise and, and Mel Gibson and all these lead actors, they're all tiny. Harrison Ford's a real man. He's a real, he's an actual manly height <laughs> and like a real man. And uh, what did you get to meet him? I didn't because uh, I was in the audience. He just, he just comes in and out, or well, the the, the plan was for him. I mean, we were <clears throat> excuse me, we were on pins and needles, uh, literally up to because uh, he didn't uh, think he was going to actually show up. We wanted to believe that, and we hoped uh, to, to to believe that. And he hates these kind of things. He does. He hates. He them. does not do. This these is something things. he did for his friend. That I guess they've been friends for a long time, it, huh? You know what? They. It's. I'll tell you what, Harrison. Did it, I think, more from my brother. Shut up. Than he did for M. Emmett. They're friends. They are friendly. They worked out in the same gym in L.A. for years. Really? And my brother is a pretty big guy and a big workout guy, and a, you know, a very down to earth guy. And uh, over the course of time, uh, they just sort of gravitated and towards Harrison each Ford other. And Harrison Ford just went to a regular gym where other people work out. He didn't have like his own personal trainer. Or well, he did have a trainer on on certain days, uh, and it was a, a small little gym in Brentwood, in California. I just and find that so. That's what I find most difficult to believe that he would actually. And, a, and it was a lot, a lot, a lot of celebrities went there. Oh, I and again, see. my brother is a big guy, uh, muscular, worked out. And so people knew, you know, that he worked out. And so they just became friendly. And what I found very interesting is that for all the years that my brother would tell me, yeah, so Harrison at the gym today. You know, I'm back in here like, yeah, 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 I'm sure. Yeah, sure you did. Uh, <laughs> but Harrison <laughs> never knew my brother's last name. For 10 years, it that was, makes sense, hey, though. it's Jim from the gym. 
<laughs> so uh, the Sunday of the taping, uh, we had gotten on Wednesday or Thursday uh, before the show, his personal assistant uh, called my brother and said, Harrison just uh, wants to know uh, if you can have like hair and makeup for him there. Oh. Once we got We're that... We're so nervous as you get the email. Like, once oh, we got no. that request, then I'm thinking, okay, it's real. But of course... You know, we're sitting there Saturday and Sunday and just praying that he shows up. And and I don't want to take anything away from the character actors because it is about them. Yeah, but, but one of the biggest objections, if you will, from Hollywood over the years and me trying to sell this show is, well, I don't think enough people really care about these actors. You know, what what big stars are going to show up? And so here, arguably, we have one of the biggest stars in the last Ever. 50 years of Hollywood yeah, yeah. who says he's going oh, to show up. And so, of course, we are nervous. The biggest are living nervous. star. The biggest living star in the last 50 years. And at least one of the top five. Absolutely. And so the day of the event on Sunday, uh, it was October 28th in L.A., and my brother Jim is in the theater uh, addressing the production crew at about, you know, 1 p.m. in the afternoon, so it's only three hours to showtime, and my brother's cell phone rings, and he says, uh, excuse me, everybody, I've got to take this. It was Harrison Ford calling. Oh, God, I'd be so nervous. And I'm sitting, I, I'm sitting in, the, in the theater seats going, oh, no, oh, no, here it is, here it is, here it is, he's canceling. Uh, and uh, no, he was just confirming where to show up, what time, and everything like that, <sighs> and after this little production meeting, my brother plays me because he started talking into the, the, the answering machine. So he has 15 seconds of Harrison talking into his answering machine. And it's like... But how does, how does the answering machine... I'm not it? exactly sure. Oh, okay. Trust me on this, because my brother played the recording back to okay. me. And he's like, Hey, Jim, it's uh, Harrison from the gym. <laughs> That's how he introduced... <laughs> hey, it's Harrison from the gym. But the man, uh, you know, he was going to show up uh, at 5 o'clock when the show started. He was just going to wait backstage, do his thing for Emmett and uh, and then leave. Uh, fortunately or unfortunately, we had technical difficulties. I uh, heard about that. Um, uh, all the sound disappeared, uh, whatever they call it. The audio went out. What happened? And so I, I have no idea. But, uh, you know, the show started 15 or 20 minutes late, and Harrison was there the whole time, and he was just hanging out in the truck with my brother, you know, waiting oh. for the show to start. And then once the show began, he's watching the show with my brother from the truck, from the production truck. You had technical difficulties before. Difficulties beforehand. They were not on TV, or were that? No, they weren't. The very end of the show, there is. Uh, there is. I did get rumblings that there were technical difficulties. Yes, there was an uh, at the very end of the show when uh, when the cat... well, question and answer session. There yes. was technical difficulties. Yes, are you going to be able to? Work through that? Uh, they're working to try and fix it as we speak. How does that happen? I have no idea. Who did you hire to do all this? this oh, no, this is a real crew. It happens. It happens. Well, it's not supposed to happen to you on your big day. No, it shouldn't. But that's uh, that drives me that's besides the point. Harrison Ford did you get showed your money back up or? at our no. <laughs> event. Um, and he was nice? Nice. He came on stage. That's what you want he to hear. was pleasant. He dressed well. He oh, was articulate. Nice. And he was... Convivial, whatever that usually word means. he's not articulate oh, or fun. Well, he's not effusive, uh, but he was very articulate, and it was clear that he admired and respected M. Emmett. Oh, that's terrific. And, you I know, mean, that guy must felt, have been so excited. I mean, if, if your brother had asked him to do it and not M. Emmett, he must have been thrilled. Like, he, I mean, he must have just felt like 
the best person there. I mean, I'd like <laughs> to think that. I yeah. mean, you know, here is this, you know, man who's 87 years old and he was the third or fourth honoree of the evening. And you're watching all the other actors, you know, have their, uh, you know, have their character actor friends come on stage, introduce them. And then all of a sudden for the Lifetime Achievement uh, Award, there's Harrison Ford <laughs> introducing me. And he's like, at the wow. very end, Harrison Ford says... Now get off your ass, Emmett, and get up here and get your award. <laughs> That's so cool. It reminds me of the movie Bruno. Remember where he's completely always pitching that Harrison Ford's going to be next and yes. coming up, coming up, and then he's just like, get lost. You know, whatever. Like, it kind of reminds me of that, though, but it all works out. But like, the fact I mean, that he showed up, I think, a gives us thing. a credibility, oh, yeah. again, to the Hollywood suits, if they even still wear suits out there. <laughs> so when they go, well, you know, will the A-listers come? It's like, Okay, yeah, we got Harrison. Go. We got Harrison Ford, uh, and it's in your playbill, and it's in the playbill, and it's on it's on video. There's no way that it can be ever, uh, you know, That's taken right. away from you. And I have it's pictures on done. my phone. Yeah, exactly. I think that is just the greatest thing ever. I'm so happy for you. I really am. I mean, that's like... A and you know what really else I heard? Deal. Uh, it was funny because uh, before funny. the show began, as I'm sort of outside the theater and uh, waiting for people to arrive, uh, I saw a bunch of uh, maybe 20, 25 people on the curb uh, on the street, uh, 11th Street in Santa Monica. And I'm thinking, oh, uh, protesters? I had no idea who they were. But I found out later... They had heard that Harrison Ford was going to be here. How would they know that? Well, press releases. It was in the, uh, we got a press release out. uh, And somehow people find this information out. And so there were a core of 20 to 25 people waiting for Harrison Ford. And I understand that when he showed up, uh, you know, he said, I'll come by later. And you know what? After he did his thing and left the theater, he went back outside and he signed all the stuff for those people. And I'm like, you know what? That's, good, oh, good for you. God, good for you. I, that makes me so happy because he really is my hero. That's what made me so angry. And everybody who listens to this podcast knows that Star Wars um, Seven really bothered me. The way he went out really disturbed me. Uh, it's not a hero's way. It just like I. That's why I, I. It just made me so angry. I just I can't think about it. Because I worship him, and he needed to go out in a blaze of glory. Yeah, we'll change the subject. Except that Harrison Ford is on our show. Harrison Ford is the greatest. He's the greatest. And and that's what they were saying when he was flying in the plane, and then he, and he crashed into the thing, and people, you know, it's just like nobody should reprimand him because he should be allowed to do whatever he wants. Right. If he wants to crash <laughs> on a golf course and break a leg, Exactly. Fine. You just let him do what he wants to do because he's the coolest person ever. And he knows what the And he was also amazing and working girl. Yeah, I love that in work. Yeah, out. isn't it great? Yep. Isn't it great, great too? movie? He makes him make fun of himself too because he doesn't seem like a fun guy at all. Even though he's that's what Star Wars one, two, and three was missing. That I see when I'm seeing these horrible, horrible movies and George Lucas ruined everything. How do you not get? It's missing Harrison Ford. It's missing his comedy. They try to replace him with Jar Jar Binks <laughs> for comedy. Harrison Ford's really funny. In Star Wars, really funny, and he's having these devastating scenes. I mean, even when he's going to be put in the carbonite, and he says, "You know, I know, you know, I love you, I know." I mean, that's amazing. And if you're a young boy b- trying to become a man, and you see a guy doing that, who is the manliest guy any of us had ever seen when we were growing up, and he's just doing that, and he's just being so funny and cool. There was just nobody cooler that I knew in the movies. And when you said the top five, who's bigger? Like, you it could, it could be it could be argued that I'm not talking about like Bradley Cooper or somebody now. No, 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 I'm no, talking no. about 
in his yeah, age yeah, ranger, what are you know, talking about? Give me an example. You know, I mean, who were the five I was thinking when I asked that question? Maybe Al Pacino. No. Uh, I mean, um, yes, 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 but no, because Harris, because of his characters and the the what they mean to well, okay, young boys I get, I, I get like that. that, but in terms like a of Hollywood superstars, you have to put a Pacino. Absolutely, up and in you're that, right in the top five, but I still say Harrison Ford trumps it. You know, like for for people that don't care about acting or anything, yeah. you know, like if you're an actor or you're somebody, you know, like that likes The Godfather, like I do, and everything. Of course, I would worship if Al Pacino was sitting here right now, but Harrison Ford still. Well, well, to me, he is that guy, but yeah. I was trying to be a little uh, no, I know you were facing by saying yeah. you know, one of the top no. I'm five. just trying to think. Yeah, no, he probably, he, but I think he might be the one, like that. That would be the guy you just want, and even more so because of how elusive he is. Yeah, and that how too. He doesn't do this stuff exactly. And exactly, we've got and, him. and everyone knows yes. that he doesn't do this stuff. Yes. and he doesn't like it, and yeah, and you're there. It is so. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Seriously, that's terrific. Let's just um, go through these other uh, people that nobody cares about. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but with James Cromwell, uh, who brought him up? Uh, Mike Farrell. Oh, from Matt. Yes. Oh, that, how cool. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Looking a little, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's put on a few years since I've seen him last. Yeah, he put on a few years really quickly. From MASH. Uh, he was in that show Providence or something, and he, he looked old like right away. It I haven't weird. seen him since that. Right MASH, after frankly. MASH, he, he, got, he got old quick. But very, very nice and a longtime friend of Jamie Cromwell's, and it was, just, it was pretty cool. I, I cannot him. pick, you know, it's funny when you see these people, I can't picture them being friends. It doesn't make any sense, but of course it makes a ton of sense. They're both working on CBS shows at the exact same time. Um, I mean, I think MASH was filmed on a lot, and Archie Bunker was filmed on a set. But, um, the, yeah, they must have been around for you. It's just funny when, you, you, where could you picture Mike Farrell and James Cromwell being friends? doesn't add up. But with Cromwell... Probably in the world of activism, now that I'm thinking about oh, it. Oh, do you think so? Uh, because they're very... Did you hear what Cromwell's doing? He's not just pardoning, that's the wrong word, but he's what he's doing with, like, he's taking, like, 100 turkeys and doing something Oh, he's with not going to drop so. him out of an airplane and do a promotion. Like in WKRP? Yep. <laughs> he's definitely not going to do that. Uh, but yeah, I just heard about it today. I mean, this guy keeps making headlines which are good for you. So it's kind of perfect because I think that's the reason he's even in the news is because of the carnies. And so just today, he was in the news again because he's doing something with these turkeys to save them from the chopping block. Okay. So all good for you. Uh, but it's funny about this guy. I remember from Archie Bunker, you forget he was in Revenge of the Nerds no, as no, the no, father. You do, you do not forget. You forget because he's in such a small part. I know, but it's just so memorable because if you know you see the way he looks in the glasses and and uh, you know when he's telling uh, you know uh, and you got the you know, uh, 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 oh my goodness what was uh, uh, Carradine's character's name Lewis yeah Lewis. Skolnick Lewis Skolnick. And you got those great Skolnick looks <laughs> <laughs> right he does the laugh yeah. Uh, and it's funny because he said when he heard about the movie and read the script, he's like, I'm not going to do this. Yeah. And then he, he, he was thrilled that he did it. Yeah. Uh, bet, but you don't forget that he was in that. I mean, what you might forget are roles such as Jack Bauer's dad in 24. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. I never watched uh, that show. And he also told an interesting story. Yeah, see, but that was, but that was after. Like, oh, yeah. This because is... the Babe was the one that kind of where you're saying, oh, my God, that's the guy from Archie Bunker's play. Like, it really, and that's, 
20 years later, like after Archie Bunker and Maud and yeah. stuff. Um, so it took him a while to get, I mean, that's a starring role too, which is different for these kind of folks. Uh, but you know what the funny thing is? It was also uh, three years before that he was in The Babe. <laughs> yes. Yes, he was. And then he was in Babe. I wonder if they thought it were like, well, I know a guy who was in The Babe that might be good for this. He was amazing in that movie. I think he was nominated for that too, Babe, the pig one. Oh, he I th- he won. I think he No, won. no. Didn't he Best w- actor? Oh, he, no, no. The supporting? The, something there's won. There's no way. He couldn't have won. Maybe he won something else, but there's no way. He's not going to win for Babe. <laughs> This, wait, you're, that, you're probably right. I just, 95. I, I, I thought that he... Uh, he we got to find out who... There's no way he can win Best Act. I mean, he was brilliant. But I don't know if that's an Academy Award winning... But You know, because then he would be up there with Al Pacino. <laughs> like, it doesn't add up. Yeah, but Al Pacino never really had to work with a pig. That's true. And what Al Pacino won for was not his best work. Okay, so he was a nominee. Yeah, nominee. Okay, so yeah, he who won that win. year? Can you find out? Because that would be interesting too. Because uh, no. that'll be hilarious that you thought that you no. can't tell. Oh, you know no, who I it is, tell. but you don't want to say. No, no, I, I oh. don't want to waste time in that. I do. I want see. you to waste time. But for me, I also remember him in Star Trek: First Contact. It was 1995. Yeah, so 95. I don't know who won in 1995. Oh, it's easy to look up, but I don't feel like looking it up. But either. he he's won an Emmy for uh, his work on America Horror Stories. Um, oh, I watched that. He's not in this. It season, was in, no, it was the third season. He played some Wait, with the witches? evil doctor. No, it was oh. in like that hospital setting. Uh, oh, just, Asylum. Yes. Yeah. Just evil, evil oh. man. Because I liked him in Star Trek First Contact. That's a really good Star Trek movie. Yeah. And he played like this guy and he was like really cool. But his character was like major dick. And sometimes I think I think that's what his character is. Um, I assume he is a nice guy. Remarkably. After the remarks and what I know just about the First Contact, I, I actually don't think he was a nice guy. Nice like for some reason, I'm, I'm taking it back with his characters. Such, That's how good he is. Such a nice man. I got the chance to meet him in early September here in New York when we did our interview with him, and he came up to our little studio, and he brought his wife, delightful people. Oh, that's so and nice. And just a delightful man, an absolutely delightful man. That'll do, pig. That'll do. Yeah, but it's funny. Look at this guy. I mean, it's like when you look at these, like we were looking at Jessica Walters, we're doing the Mannix, Cannon, Barnaby Jones. This guy did MASH, Three's Company. Oh, he did MASH. Oh, maybe that's where he met Mike Farrell. Oh, you're uh, right. He did MASH, Three's Company, Barney Miller, Maud, Alice. He did all, he did, you know, the, the hat trick, or whatever five is, not the hat trick, of um, everything we knew growing up in the 70s. Look at that face. Oh, there look he is. Look at that face. You I have mean, that is, with everybody. That is the face of a very nice man. Yeah, you're right. Well, he looks terrific too. He like really hasn't aged that much. I mean, like he well, has he's seventy eight. I, I know, think, but he so. still looks. He still has that look from Archie Bunker's place or something. You know, yeah, like kind yeah. of that that stretch cutting in Rome. And this, so this Bruce Greenwood guy, I had no idea who that was. No idea. I still, I had no idea who he was. Out of all the people, I no idea. I even saw his picture. Still didn't really. Know. Yeah. And the only thing I recognized him from... National Treasure 2? No. <laughs> uh, the current TV show, The Resident on Fox, which nope. is a great show. No. Uh, the Ashley Judd movie, no. Double Jeopardy. No. Uh, I'm going to keep on going. Uh, 13 Days, played no. Kennedy. No. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Okay, I give up. As Captain Pike in Star Trek. Uh, okay. That is the uh, only thing I recognized him from. And again, there it is where I'm like, oh, that's that guy, which is your entire, which you should actually entitle your show. Oh, that's that guy. 
Well, I told you the last <laughs> time I was here that there was a documentary called That Guy. Oh, <laughs> right. So it's about these kind of actors, and then you yeah. brought it to the next level. So yeah, I had no idea. And of course, I mean, I, I, I don't recognize him from any of the other things except that. Him, I just didn't, I really don't know at all, which is funny because when I saw Star Trek, I'm like, where do I know this guy from? I've seen him a hundred times, but I still couldn't place anything except he was in The People versus O.J. Simpson. Uh, I recognize him from that too, which he, was one of the greatest television. I have been a fan of movies <clears throat> of all me, time. I've been a fan of his for a long time, and maybe uh, maybe I just watch more TV uh, than, than you do. Uh, what? But, Nobody watches more TV than I do. How dare you come to my? And <laughs> <laughs> say that. I'm sorry. No, it's all right. Uh, but he. I mean, I'm sounding like a broken record. He was a delightful. No, yet not sound. That's man. what we want to hear because. That's all we want to know is that these people. This, oh, there is, he this is. is him on the red carpet, and oh. he's posing with his name. You know, he's so excited to be there. Oh, that's so great! And you know, he had a friend of his, a longtime friend that you would oh, yeah. know. His name uh, was uh, Greg Henry. Yeah, I don't know who. And that is. you would look at uh, you. It's like who the hell? Oh, here we go again. And then you'd say, Oh, I seen that guy. All right, so who's that guy? So I don't know. I'll show you his picture. And oh, what I like what's him. he in? That oh, you'll show me his picture. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything because uh, I like this game. I don't think there's anything that the should I look him up, like and like and see one of his movies that I might know from, or or do you think the picture will do it, I, or do you think he's too old where I might not recognize him? Because like I said, I didn't recognize M. Emmett Walsh until I looked up online who he was, like looked up his movie stuff. All right, I'm having a difficult time. Uh, uh, what's his time. name? Greg, Greg Henry. Uh, what is his? What did you say his name was? Hang on, if I'm spelling it correctly here. Who was it again? <laughs> no, who's it? I'm, I'm cheating, and uh, and uh, oh, yeah, Bruce Greg. Greg it's two oh, G's. Greg Henry. That's yeah. why it is. It's two G's. Yeah, there it is. I have it coming up too. Again, you'll recognize him from being in movies. He's certainly not I as do. prolific oh, as all oh, those actors. Oh my God! Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, I yes, think. Yes. Uh, no, I totally recognize him. Wait, I got to look up one other thing. That's this is great. This is great. Well, I'm looking up his uh, IMDb because I need to see something. I wonder if he's... Oh, he was in Scandal 2, but I'm looking for the one that I totally know. Oh, it's so... This is this game is so much... Look at all this stuff he's just... Oh, you're right. He is Gar- Gar- Guardians of the Gal- Galaxy. Um, but I, so I probably know him from something in particular. He's so obvious. It's so funny when you see these guys... Oh, the Gilmore Girls. The Gilmore Girls. But Bruce is just a terrific actor. I encourage you to watch a few more of his films. I encourage you to watch this TV show on Fox called The Resident, which takes place in the hospital, and he is a villain. And he is a great villain in a, in a, in a different sort of manner as the chief of surgery uh, than you've ever seen. The Resident, that's on right now. Yeah, that's, right Is that now. with the autistic kid? No, that's with uh, Matt Zucre, who used to be on The Good Wife, uh, another uh, great actor. Uh, if you want to see what a bastard uh, 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 Bruce can be, watch Double Jeopardy with him and Ashley Judd. Uh, it's, a, it's a terrific, terrific with Morgan film. Freeman as well? Yes. Uh, uh, I want them. Oh, you know what? He was in Rich Man, Poor Man. Oh, the the miniseries? Yeah. Maybe that's where I know him. I don't know. I mean, listen, well, folks, goes, if you, you look him up. Back in the 70s? Yeah. Oh, he must have been a teenager. If you look him up, you totally know his face, but I can't place any of the things where I'm noticing him from yet. I mean, I'm just because I'm overlooking and we're doing the show. But is there anything else you wanted to 
say about the show November 24th Saturday night channel 11 at least here in 8 p.m. Eastern time uh, and my friends who do not live anywhere near here they will be able to see it yes, soon they you will are be able to see deal. it on the decades channel oh and but you don't know when no, uh, the, it'll run sometime between November 25th and December 31st. That's what I know so oh, far. Oh, that's terrific. Okay. So as soon as I get a time, I will let you know because we can between use Christmas all Christmas and New Year's? Uh, no, or did between you say November? Uh, November 25th. November 25th. And, and, and New Year's. Oh, and New Year's. Oh, so okay. They, they'll have a five and a half week, six week window I will let uh, my listeners know. And I, and I will let you know. But, that is perfect. Uh, as I probably said last year, this is just a nice little show. It's an intimate show. It is different from any award show you've ever seen. Uh, That's true. I watched it last year. It was really terrific. It's really, it's really because it looks like everybody's having fun. It kind of reminds me of the Golden Globes in a sense, where people are just having a good time. You know, it's not like stiff or anything. You know, yeah, it's not about uh, what the people are wearing. Yeah. It's, it's not about the. It's not about the politics. Uh, it's about honoring you know these character actors in a Hall of Fame type of way. Uh, and when you just see clip after clip after clip, go, oh my God, they were in everything. Yeah. Well, that's the best. So you are going to show clips. Oh, yes. Because last year you had trouble with that, well, right? Well, because we couldn't afford to buy all the licensing. But now you, but well, now you, you know, this year we were able to purchase more. Oh, terrific. So there'll be there'll be more clips. Because that's the best part. I agree. Is the clips. I agree. Uh, so if we ever see. get a real sponsor, I'll be able to... Sp- Spend more on That's clips. That's terrific. But it's a, it's a neat little show. Patton's a, a, a terrific host. Yeah, you can't lose. Patton, Os- Patton uh, oh my God, <laughs> Patton Oswald, right? Yeah. yeah. What do I, what do I space for a second. Um, he's terrific. He's a terrific comic. He's probably a great host. So you, you can't lose. You got Harrison Ford, and then you got all these people who you're going to see their clips, and you're going to be like, wait, they were in that, they were in that, they were in that. I didn't even believe it because this is my favorite game to play with you when you come over. And David, thank you so much for coming here again and promoting this terrific show. And next year, I'm going to go to the Carney Awards. I was in the, I was there the week before, so I wasn't able to go this time. But, well, um, if we make it, it'll be our fifth year. And, oh, you'll uh, definitely make it. Yeah, it's be I, I always have to say that. Yeah. Uh, but it'll be, a, it'll be a big show next year, no doubt. All right, good. Then I'm going to that one. David Katz, thank you so much. The Carney Awards, November 24th, Saturday Night Channel 11, and on the Decades Channel, somewhere between now and New Year's, Please look it up. I'll let you know when it happens. We'll see you next week on The Night Fly with me, Dave Jones. Good night, everybody. 